Good morning. Welcome to Rimrock Church. So excited to have everybody here. And uh, uh, we're going to just enjoy singing to the Lord, enjoy each other's presence and company. I love this place and uh, love all you people. And the Lord loves you, which is more important than me loving you. But anyway, let's lift up Jesus. What do you say? Two. Let's sing. We stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down and worship Him now. How great, how awesome is He. Together we sing. Come on, let's sing to the Lord this morning. Oh 
He's kind of a... That's like his favorite music. All music is God's music. Just in case you're wondering. You get caught up in the lyrics, but the music is from God. All right, I'm supposed to make announcements, not teach theology, so let's uh, get on with the announcements. My name is Michael. Uh, thank you, Tom. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and uh, I have a privilege of serving with an amazing team. Uh, part of that team is our worship team, as you see every Sunday here. Yeah, thank you, Darcy. Yeah, these guys are great, and uh, we just it's, it's such a delight to be um, serving with this guy and serving our Lord. So um, I hope you're enjoying our weather, right? I mean, this feels like, I hear Florida is colder than here right now, so uh, those of you that want to go down to Florida... Not so fast. I um, want to welcome you here. Uh, if you're here for the first time, those of you who attend Rim Rock regularly and this is your home church, we want to thank you for joining us this morning and worshiping. If you're here and you're new and you want to know more about us, we have an information table out there. We'd love to give you some information and give you a gift. And there's a card in, front of, uh, in the pocket up front of your seat that you could fill out and turn it in. Um, I do have a, a very important announcement, that is our community membership classes uh, that's going to take place here next Sunday and the Sunday after that. And if you're wondering what that is, that is basically a class, an introduction to our class, hour and a half class, uh, to who we are as Rimrock, uh, how we got started, why we do what we do, and uh, 
be a great opportunity for you to get to know us better and hopefully we get to know you better. Uh, I know most of you have been coming here for years and what a blessing that has been. Um, but some of you have not attended this class, so I want to encourage you to attend it. And if you're new, this is a great opportunity for you to attend this class. There is information on your bulletin. If you need any more information or have any question, you could call Jeannie at the office. Don't call me. Call Jeannie. And uh, the class will be taking place in the gathering place right there across from us at 1030 next to Sunday. So mark your calendar. Today is Super Bowl Sunday. For those of you that worship your idol, I pray for you. Um, I hope your team will win, uh, but our God is a jealous God, and he doesn't want us to have any other God, but I'm just kidding. Go enjoy the game. It's fun. Uh, I know uh, you guys just watch it for the sport and nothing else. Um, let's see. Um, last week, we put in the bulletin a form about those that want to volunteer and help us around here with different things, and we've got such a great response. We decided to do it again this week, and so uh, if God is leading you to help uh, on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or uh, other during the day, actually during the week, if you need to come out, we'd we'll, we'll love to have you. We'd love to work alongside with you. The work is really not that crazy. It's just kind of doing little things to get ready for Sundays and making sure our church and our property is ready to welcome people every time we gather together. So if you feel led, please fill out. Let us know what area you want to volunteer. We have, I, I'll be more than happy to put all of you to work and uh, kind of get continue to serve our Lord. Obviously, Sunday is a huge need. We need more ushers, greeters, um, uh, maybe people in the cafe as they serve donuts and coffee. And, of course, Wednesday night, we have a great time if you haven't been here encourage you to come out. We have some great Bible studies, and we, set, we all break bread together, have meal together, and then go to our study. So please fill those forms out, and um, there's a basket back there on that big table, and just drop them in there, and we will follow up with you. Um, ben, did I cover everything? All right. Ben is biting at the best to get up here and preach because he's got a whole chapter to preach today. So uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this glorious day. Uh, what a blessing it is to gather together with fellow believers, Lord, and study your truth. We pray for our pastor. You be with him as he's prepared uh, to teach us. I pray you prepare our heart to receive what you have for us, Lord. And I also want to remember the people in uh, Turkey and Syria um, with that huge uh, devastating earthquake, Lord. Help them recover and bounce back. Lord, usually when disasters happen like these, People tend to seek something greater and outside of themselves, which is God. In that part of the world, Lord, there are many gods. We just pray that these people will find you and seek you and come to know you through this and help them recover. Father, we love you. We praise you. It is in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So as you guys know, if you've all been here, we've been going through the book of Revelation. This song, uh, we've done a few times before, but... It really places you in the heavenly, singing with the family. So let's do this.
So I will tell of your wonders, sing of your grace. The God of creation knows me by name. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now, and always, always. Your mercy is mighty, age after age, and all generations will bow down in praise. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now, and always, always. I believe you gave sight to the blind. I believe that the dead came to life. I believe there were wonders and signs, and you're still the same. Yes, you are, God.
news, sing of your grace. The God of creation knows me by name. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now, and always. Amen. Give the Lord a hand, God. You are good. Yesterday, today, and always. Father God, all we can say to that is amen. And we think about one of these days for all of your children, we will gather at your throne and all nations and tribes and tongues and peoples will give you praise, God, and we get to be there because of your beautiful sacrifice for us. Speak through Ben now. Listen through us, God. Holy Spirit, open the eyes of our hearts. Amen. All right, now I'm on. Those songs preach to us. <laughs> wow. I love what each letter to the churches says in Revelation. Let him who has ears hear what the Spirit says to the church. So that's uh, my prayer this morning, that we will hear what God has for us out of the book of Revelation. I got good news for you. The Lord is good. He's gracious, he's compassionate, he's slow to anger, he's abounding in love, forgiving. The Lord, he is truly, truly good, and he loves us. He loves his people. And we know from Genesis all the way through the Revelation that God's revealed his heart is to bring blessing. His, his greatest desire is to bring blessing, is to bring blessing to you, to me, and to our whole world. And so as we uh, go through Revelation, let's not forget who God is and what he is doing in our lives, what he's doing in our world. So uh, the last few weeks, we've been looking at Revelation 4 and 5, which if you haven't listened to those messages, go back and listen. If you haven't read those chapters, go back and read, because if we miss Revelation 4 and 5, we'll miss the whole uh, message of the book that God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit is enthroned in heaven. And that is the truest reality that there is, that God is in heaven and that Jesus is the Lamb of God who was slain. And if we miss that truth, that reality, we'll miss what God is really after, what he's really doing, that he's redeeming, that he's saving, that he's blessing, that he's restoring, that he's making all things new. <laughs> and he's starting with us. He's starting with us. And so this morning we're going to begin chapter 6, 7, and the first part of 8. So we have a large section. So we're going to, I'm committed to reading uh, the whole book of Revelation. So we're, we're going to keep working through this and we're going to see um, the, the real application of what God is doing in our world through his people, through the church. And, uh, and I want you to see that there's something really good that God is doing, even in the midst of a human story, as, as John looked at the scroll, which is a, is a picture of the human story, and he wept and wept. Because we're human, we don't, we don't understand, we don't see how it's all gonna turn out. But Jesus is worthy to open the scroll. And so we're gonna begin that journey through the scrolls the seals, the seven seals of the scroll. So would you join me in opening Revelation chapter 6? 
and we're going to begin to read, and I'm going to take this in sections, so we're going to look at the first four seals in Revelation chapter 6. I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come! I looked, and there before me was a white horse, and its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror, a conqueror bent on conquest. And when the Lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come! And then another horse came out, a fiery red one, and its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make people kill each other. To him was given a large sword. And when the Lamb opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come! And I looked, and there before me was a black horse, and its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. And then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures say, A kilogram of wheat for a day's wages, three kilograms of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. And when the Lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard a voice of the fourth living creature say, Come! And I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was falling close behind him. And they were given power over a quarter of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and the wild beasts of the earth. So let's pause here as we uh, are in the middle of the seven seals being opened on the scroll of the human story. Now, we can't understand what's going on here without understanding um, that much of what John is writing to us comes from what God has always already revealed. In fact, you won't find any uh, new truths in Revelation, only unveiling or revealing what God has already revealed through the entire scriptures. In fact, I could, uh, I believe that probably Revelation more than any other book in the New Testament reflects uh, the Old Testament teaching, the Old Testament story of what God began in Genesis and did through the people of Israel leading up to the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And so to understand this passage, I think it's really important to go back to the books of Zechariah, to Daniel, Ezekiel, Isaiah. We can't read all of those this morning, but, but those are so important to understanding what is happening here. And also it's very important to remember what John said in chapter 1 of Revelation, that God was painting pictures using symbols. In fact, John said there's going to be pictures that represent different things. He said that the lampstands represent the church and the stars represent the messengers to the churches. And so we're told from the very beginning that John is saying, I'm going to use pictures, I'm going to use these images to help us understand what's going on. But these images point to a true reality. So I don't think these are actual horses, but they're actual events that are taking place. And we, we know this from Jesus' own teaching about human history and what's going to happen. Remember in, uh, in Matthew 24, and I encourage you this week to go back and read it. We don't have, uh, we're not going to read it all this morning, but Matthew 24 is really the basis for what John is talking about here with the seals. You can read about what Jesus said in Mark 13 and Luke 21. And Jesus is very clear, <laughs> very clear that from the moment that he came into this world, that, uh, that evil was unleashed and there became a, a, a battle. Jesus said, I saw Satan 
thrown from heaven to earth. And there's this epic battle, this rebellion against God on the throne. And Jesus, the lamb who was slain, the full revelation of who God is. And Jesus said that from his coming, his ascension until he comes again. And we believe, we sang this morning that he is coming again. In fact, all of Revelation points to that reality. He says, I am coming soon. I am coming again. He told his disciples as they were looking up into the heavens, he says, the same way I left, I will come again. And so we believe in Jesus, the returning Messiah, the returning King, the returning Savior, who will bring to completion God's will and his work in our world to bring his kingdom and so until that time jesus said there will be pains as if in childbirth the beginning pains of childbirth he says in matthew 24 and i believe that's what john is describing here from the moment of jesus ascension until he comes back we're living in a time that we call the age of grace or the age of the church also it's the age of tension the reality of God's kingdom here, yet not fully revealed, but it's here. And John points us to the throne room of the reality of God's kingdom, yet we wait. We wait, as Jesus says in Matthew 24, when he will come and every eye will see him. Everyone will know that he is the Lord, that he is the Messiah. And so what do we have here in this time? We have trouble. In fact, the creatures that we see in chapter 4 and 5, which are pictures of God's creation, as Paul talks about in Romans 8, that all creation groans, they cry out and say, Jesus, come, <laughs> come. But until that time, Paul says in Romans chapter 1, that there's a time of giving over. And this is what we read in the history books from the moment that Jesus ascended until 2023, if you read history, <laughs> you see what's described here is the pain of child, uh, the beginning pains of childbirth. That creation is in agony. Creation is not as it should be. We know from Genesis chapter 3 that all creation is under this terrible curse. In Romans chapter 1, Paul says, God has given mankind, he's given creation over to sin. And so we're in a time of travail, a time of pain, a time of suffering. And so we see this pattern. And you see the same pattern that Jesus talked in Matthew 24. Human history has a pattern. And this is what the pattern is. There's, there's patterns of conquest, nation rising against nation. Jesus talked about it in Matthew 24. And that's illustrated with this rider with a bow of conquest, even in our own world we see nations like Russia rising up against another nation like Ukraine we see conquest the red horse is a picture of the human story of violence violence a, a humanity apart from God you remember in the beautiful picture of the Father Son the Holy Spirit is perfect unity perfect love perfect communion but mankind apart from God resorts to violence. As we, are, as we seek our own identity apart from God, we're characterized, the human story, by violence. And this is the picture of the sword. And then we see the black rider, right? And this is a picture of poverty, famine, hunger, lack. Our world, if you read history, millions and millions of people have died of hunger, of famine. And then the last... Uh, characterization of the human story apart from God is, a, is the pale writer, right? 
This is represented by death, by catastrophe, sword, famine, plague, wild beasts. And we have lived through that in our lifetime, haven't we? And so this, this is a, as Jesus says, this is the beginning patterns of a world gone apart from God, gone far from God, far from God's ways, His will. And so what we're seeing is this pattern, this repetition of human history, the human story, and it's going to increasingly get worse and worse and worse. And we can see that. We can see that over the last 2,000 years of human history, and it will continue. (laughs) It will continue into the future. And so Jesus is helping us see the reality of the human condition. Let's keep reading the fifth seal, verse 9 of chapter 6. And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. And they called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer until the full number of their fellow servants, their brothers and sisters, were killed just as they had been. And so what is this telling us? This is really important for us to understand the rest of chapter 7 and the first part of chapter 8 because as the world, as the human story is in this this terrible pattern of violence and conquest and famine and poverty and war and catastrophes, natural disasters. What about God's people? What about God's promise to his people, to the church? Remember, Revelation is a, a letter to the church, to the people of God. How are we to have hope in a world filled with these kind of things? A human story filled with so much darkness. And what what does the fifth seal say? That the people of God are praying. (laughs) They're crying out. They're saying, God, how much longer? How many of you have suffered in your lifetime? I know I have. All of us have suffered in different ways. I want to tell you that the Bible is very clear. (laughs) That Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, it doesn't mean you're going to be freed from suffering. In fact, he said, in, in chapter 24, Matthew 24, he says, in fact, if you follow me, your suffering might be even more if you follow me. Like, like God doesn't hide this. It's just like he says, come to me, and, and, and everything's going to go perfectly smooth, and life's going to be easy and comfortable. He said, no, the human condition is suffering. And if you follow me, you will suffer. You will suffer. This isn't very popular to talk about (laughs) in churches. It's not very popular to talk about, but Jesus told us the truth because he loves us that in this life we will face suffering. But there's hope and there's a reason and there's a purpose. And that's what I want us to see this morning. I want us to hold on to the message that Jesus has for us. Let him who have ears hear what the Spirit says to the churches. God has something good for us. Hold on. And so when we cry out in the midst of our suffering, and some of you have suffered this week, this month, this year, you've faced parts of this human story of sickness, loss. You've gone through things. I've gone through things. 
But God hears our prayer. How long, O Lord? And he says, hold on. (laughs) Hold on a little longer because I'm doing something. I'm carrying something out. I want to just read a couple statistics about uh, Christians who've suffered because part of the call, Jesus said in Matthew 24, if you follow me, the world hates me and they will hate you as well. He said, they will persecute you. They will mistreat you. This world will not treat you well, he told his followers. To be a follower of Jesus means that we should expect persecution. In 2022, they did a a, a survey of persecuted Christians around the world. 360 million Christians today, in our lifetime, 2022, experienced high levels of persecution and discrimination. This was 20 million more than 2021. The the number of Christians who died for their faith in 2022, 5,900, or sorry, 5,898. That was over a thousand more than 2021. And so this persecution is happening today. And so as we read about this in Revelation, we see it happening today. The group in Open Doors um, uh, tells us that, that more than 5,000 other churches were destroyed in 2022. So Christians were discriminated, they were intimidated, there were threats, their places of worship were attacked. Gordon Conwell, the college in, in Boston, did a, a big survey. They estimated over 70 million Christians have been martyred over the last 2,000 years. 70 million Christians have died for their faith for believing in Jesus, for following, believing the very things we sang this morning. Over half of those 70 million died in the 20th century. So is persecution diminishing? No, it's increasing. It's growing. I want to read a, a text I got um, a week ago from, uh, from our partners in, in India. I, I got to go uh, to India and visit some of the pastors that we uh, supported. And uh, some of these men, these pastors, showed me actual scars on their bodies where they had been beaten. But even more, we could see the trauma in their eyes and their faces as, as their wives were attacked, as their children were mistreated, as many times they were driven out of their homes, out of the villages. They experienced persecution. But, but I want to read this text I got just uh, last week, he said, being one of the pastors in, uh, in India is one of the most dangerous vocations. There's this extremist ideology in India that is seeking to destroy Christianity and Christians. Every day, this pastor says, I live in fear of physical attack. I worry even more for the safety of my children and my wife. It's extremely draining, says this pastor. However, it is vital to highlight the joy of the suffering Christians. And I saw that with my own eyes as we sat with these men, as we worshiped, as we sang with these men. There is a joy, there's a peace, there's a hope. And you know what the church in India is doing? They're not hiding, they're building churches, they're building orphanages, they're building hospitals, they're out in the streets proclaiming Jesus as Lord. They're not, they're not turning down their music, they're worshiping with all that they have because of the joy of the Lord. Despite the physical suffering, there's a deep strength among the believers, and we saw that 
the global body of Christ, while caring for the persecution, should also rejoice at the courage and resilience of the people, of the way, in these nations. We have tasted the truth. This emboldens us to stay strong, to continue to share about the abundant life despite the danger. See, what we're reading in Revelation is even in the face of persecution, the people of God do not shrink back. <laughs> Why? Because of Revelation 4 and 5, we know who's on the throne. We know who Jesus is. And this is what he says. He says, the life and hope of love also leads many of the attackers to turn to Christ. A former persecutor. Remember Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament? He killed Christians. He, he persecuted Christians. But God is greater. He's greater than hatred. He's greater than those who turn against him. The ability of Christians to forgive moved me. It seemed as if they had touched heaven. And this way of life drew me to Christ and did indeed experience heaven and freedom in Christ. Wow. It's as if they touched heaven. That's what we're reading about in Revelation, that the people of God see the throne of God, the lamb on the throne who had been slain. Let's keep reading in Revelation 6. I watched as he opened the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red, and the stars in the sky fell to earth as figs dropped from the fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. And then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and everyone else, both slave and free, hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they called out to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of the wrath has come, and who can withstand it? And so all of human history is leading up to what the scriptures call the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord. This is the day of judgment, the day when everything will be made clear and made plain. There's one judge, one Lord, Jesus Christ, I love what C.S. Lewis says in the last battle as he describes this time of judgment. He says every created being, every person, every creature comes before God. And in, the, in his story, God's pictured as a lion, uh, Aslan. And as they come closer and closer to God, they look at his face. And he said one of two things happened as people, people drew near. Either they looked into the face of God and their eyes were filled with hope and wonder and love and joy and anticipation and, and they couldn't wait to be with God. He said, or their faces turned away and they refused to look and their eyes were filled with terror and dread. What, is, what does the Bible say? That on that day of the Lord there will be many, there will be many who will refuse to look in the face of God. They will hide in terror and shame because they refuse to look at who God is. Don't be that person. Look, see who he is. It's not too late. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of hope. Don't turn away. Look and see who God is, the creator, the maker, the savior, the one who loves you. Turn to the Lord. And after this, chapter seven, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth. That's a picture of all of creation, 
holding back the four winds of the earth to prevent any wind from blowing on the land or on the sea or any tree. And then I saw another angel coming up from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he called out in a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the land and the sea. Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. From the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. From the tribe of Reuben, from the tribe of Gad, Asher, Nephtali, Manasseh, Simeon, Levi, Ishkar, Zebulun, Joseph, 12,000 from the tribes of Benjamin, 12,000. What's this telling us? God is a sealing God. The seal was used in the ancient world in, in Rome as a sign of ownership. And Paul refers to himself as a bondservant, a slave of the Lord. This is actually good news for us. <laughs> I love what Paul says in Ephesians. He says, you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. You were sealed. The seal is a, is a stamp of ownership. And this is God saying, you belong to me. I am yours. You are mine. And he says, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. One of the greatest truths for us as Christians is we know we don't belong to ourselves. We don't find our identity in ourselves. We're not trying to look in here to find it. We, we look to God and we find that we are loved, that we belong to him. We were created by him and for him. And we find our freedom in Him. We find our meaning in Him, our purpose, our identity. Everything we are is found in Him. And this is good news. It's the best news that we can be sealed. But I want you to notice in Revelation 7, it says, sealed the 12 tribes of Israel. This is referring to the story of God in Israel. God keeps his promises. <laughs> he keeps his promises to his people. And this is good news for us as the church because God will keep his promise to Israel, to the Jewish people. He hasn't abandoned them. <laughs> He's saying there are, there are people who are mine, who are Jewish, who will be followers of Jesus. I sat down uh, not too long ago with a man who's planting churches in Israel. And he says, God is doing a great move in the land of Israel. Thousands the people are coming to Christ. They're trusting Christ. I've known Jewish evangelists who are bringing the gospel. Praise God. Praise God. He's keeping his promise. But look at verse 9. It's not to just the people of Israel. That's good news for us <laughs> if we're not Jewish. And after this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. This is bigger than the Super Bowl, folks. <laughs> This is a big day. Every nation, every tribe, every language standing before the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes, and they were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell down on their faces before the throne, and they worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory, wisdom and thanks, honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, 
these in the white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? And I answered, sir, you know. He said, these are they who've come out of the great tribulation. And they've washed their robes and they made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never will they thirst. And the sun won't beat down on them nor any scorching heat, for the Lamb is at the center of the throne, and He will be their shepherd. And He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. We don't suffer alone. The people of God never suffer alone. God has a purpose. He has a plan. And He's our shepherd. And He's going to bless his people. He's going to protect his people. He's going to keep his people. He's going to hold us fast. My dear brothers and sisters, this is a a theology of, of suffering that strengthens us. I want you to notice four things in this chapter that give us hope in a world that's being torn apart by the suffering of sin. Four things that you can count on that will get you through whatever comes your way, my way, whatever comes against us. One is we are sealed. The people of God are sealed. We belong to him. He is ours. We are his. We are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Hold on to that. When you suffer, hold on to that, that you are sealed by God himself. Two, we are a worshiping people. We have access to the throne, (laughs) access to the throne room. And this isn't just in the future. It it will be a reality physically. But Jesus taught us to pray. He says, pray that my will will be done on earth as is in heaven. The reality of the heavenly throne, we have access through Jesus Christ today. We worship in the throne room. This is why as Christians we gather to worship. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We worship because we, we know and we are reminded of who God is that he is seated on the throne, that he is the lamb that was slain. And if God is on the throne, we don't need to be afraid of anything. Worship. God's sealed us. We have access to the throne room and worship. And three, we are sheltered in his presence. The Lord is our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. You can claim that the Lord is your shepherd. He will guide you. He will lead you through the valley of shadow of death. And I and you, we will fear no evil. And then the last thing is prayer. And we'll finish our reading. And when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and the seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel who had a golden censer came and stood on the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people. On the golden altar in front of the throne, the smoke of the incense together with the prayers of God's people went up before God from the angel's hand. And then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. I want you to notice something. As we go through these seals, as we go through these trumpets, as we go through human history, as you go through your life, I want you to notice something. We're not overwhelmed by the happenings of this world. 
we're focused on the throne. We're focused on who God is. And our prayer, it's powerful. It matters. Your prayer matters. And I want you to notice in chapter 8, when he says there was silence in heaven for about half an hour, I believe what that is saying is that what's happening in heaven with God on the throne, he's paying attention to what's happening here on earth. <laughs> he's paying attention to what's happening in your life. He's listening to your prayers. <laughs> he's listening to our prayers. He's listening to the prayers of the pastors in India, the people in India and in Iraq and Somalia and North Korea and China who are under severe persecution. He hears the prayers of his people. He's listening. He hears the prayers of his people. And it tells us, not only does he hear them, but he stores them up, <laughs> right, in this censer, this incense that offered with the prayers of all of God's people in the golden altar before the throne. And so God hears the prayers of his people. He hears your cry. He hears our cry. And so what gives us strength? What gives us hope when we go through persecution and suffering and difficulty? We are sealed. We have access to the throne room in worship. We are sheltered in the presence of God. I love the stories of the Old Testament of the people of God in Egypt as the plagues and the judgment came. What did God do? He, he protected his people. He kept them safe and, and, and the blood and the doorposts Right? The people were sealed. They were safe. They worshiped. They trusted God's presence with, with his people, and he delivered them. And I love the story in exile as the Israelites are off in foreign lands, and yet God sheltered his people. We have the stories of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, of Esther, the people of God sealed, protected, worshiping with God's presence. We will get through... <laughs> the seals. We will get through the suffering. We will get through the darkness of this life, this world, with hope, <laughs> with hope, with strength, with blessing. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up, and I want to read out of Ephesians 3, because we're not afraid. We're not afraid because we have God's blessing. We have access to the throne room. This is what Ephesians 3 what Paul says, and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. Verse 10, this is key, hold on to this. His intent that was now, not in the future, but now through the church, that's you and me, the people of God, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. So as this world, as history unfolds, as, 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 as we see the seals unfold, God has a purpose. He's placed us in the middle of it for a reason, not to harm us, but to reveal his glory and his purpose. That according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Jesus Christ our Lord, in him and through faith in him, we can approach God we have access to the throne room when we worship. We are before God on his throne, before the Lamb. We have confidence. We have freedom. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged. Don't be discouraged because of my sufferings. Don't be discouraged when you're suffering because there's a greater glory. Paul says our present sufferings do not compare to the greater glory that will be revealed in you, in us. 
God's doing something in us for his glory. Would you join me in praying? Lord, thank you for your word this morning. God, you know I needed to hear this word. You know who else needs to hear that word this morning. That our suffering is temporary. It's small in comparison to the greater glory of what you're accomplishing. The salvation that is being revealed in Jesus Christ. When all things will be brought together under one head, Jesus Christ. So we declare without fear that Jesus is Lord, that He is good, and that He is sheltering us, He's sealing us, He's holding us, that you hear our cry, you hear our prayers, that you are victorious, and your people will be victorious because you are with us. In Jesus' name, amen. So give us clean hands, give us pure hearts, let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Let's stand and sing this as a prayer.
on Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory. one more time just with our voices turn your eyes upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strange God bless you guys and gals. Join us Wednesday night, if not next Sunday morning.